0: Next week, we will be finishing up our Soaking Sundays by blending and weaving them into the first Sunday of our February series on culture and vision, which will culminate in I Love My Church Sunday at the end of the month. Now, I believe it's important to make this transition because our Soaking Sundays have been all about experiencing the presence of the Holy Spirit. Reminiscent, perhaps, of that verse in Acts Chapter 2 and verse 1, which says, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like tongues of flame or fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. And while we we all love that intimate experience, which we will continue today, we need to acknowledge the reason for this outpouring of the Holy Spirit and prepare accordingly. And that all happened, not because... God wanted the apostles to feel good, not because he felt that they were lonely and perhaps sort of needed uh, an, an encouraging event to happen in their lives. This all happened because of what he said in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, where he said, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, until the ends of the earth. So throughout February, we're going to roll that experience that we've, we've had during the month of January into looking at our culture and our vision as C3 and how we are called to be witnesses through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I look forward to sharing that with you from next week. Anyone excited about moving forward with that? Good. I mean, I, I, we, can, we can just go and sort of have coffee or... But I think it's important that we, we understand the idea that we, we're moving on. We're not just sitting here in the presence of the Holy Spirit. We're not letting God just soak his power and his presence into our lives so that we can uh, go home and say, well, that was nice. Let's do it again next week. We're actually called to receive power from our contact with the Holy Spirit and to, and to be witnesses for God throughout the world. And so who we are as a, a church, who we are as a movement and how we go about doing that, I think is a, is a great step to actually move forward in that. But this week, this week, I want us to dream a little. That doesn't mean fall asleep. But to actually recognise that... The things that we want to do, the things that we see God asking us to do, start very small. I want to tell you a little story I read in a book by a guy called Mark Batterson. Um, And he tells this story, um, which I find intriguing because it's history and I love history. But did you know that before the 1850s, the only way to cross the Niagara Gorge, where Niagara Falls is, between the USA and Canada, was by boat and it took a while. And so on November the 9th, 1847, a civil engineer named Charles Ellert Jr. was commissioned to build a suspension bridge across the gorge. Now, he was a clever engineer, so he chose the narrowest part. But the narrowest part is 240 meters wide with 70 meter cliffs on either side and waters that rush towards a waterfall through the rapids. And so don't forget this was before the age of helicopters and uh, all sorts of marvellous inventions. And so the construction team brainstormed ways of getting anything across the gorge so that they could start building this bridge. Because you know, you couldn't just throw a rock. It wouldn't wouldn't go, so they thought, perhaps a rocket. But rockets were a bit hazardous in those days, so they canned that idea. Um, Somebody suggested just Tying a piece of string to a cannonball and firing a cannon across the, the rapids, which was also canned very uh, quickly. But somebody actually came up with a brilliant idea. They offered a cash prize for the first person to fly a kite across the gorge. And so what they did was hundreds of young children on both sides of the river started flying kites across. The gorge to see if they could actually reach it. Hundreds and hundreds of kids did it. And it, this was in January. The weather conditions in January uh, at Niagara are not kite-flying weather. I mean, sometimes the falls freeze over there. So it was cold. Uh, but a 16-year-old American named Homan Walsh decided that he'd take a ferry from the American side to the Canadian side and hoped that the stormy weather would allow him to fly his kite across the gorge. And on January the 30th, 1848, his kite made it across the gorge, winning him the $10 prize. You might sneer, that's worth about $350 in today's uh, money, and if you're a 16-year-old kid, $350 could go a long way. The day that followed that successful flight across the gorge, they attached a stronger piece of string to his kite string and pulled that across and then a stronger one, then a rope, then a cable consisting of 36 strands of 10 gauge wire and they started building that bridge. And That bridge had an enormous impact on travel across the border and it all started with one kite string, hardly an auspicious beginning. But it reminds me of that scripture in Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 4 verse 10 says, Do not despise these small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. Try saying that fast. See, God, just, God doesn't just delight in our big accomplishments. According to this verse from Zechariah, and this, to give you a bit of context, this is the Israelites have gone back to Jerusalem, which has been destroyed, basically, and they've started to rebuild the temple. So they're standing in the ruins here, and they've got a plumb line out to see, okay, where do we start? We'd better start and get things vertical. And it says here, God celebrates and is excited about it. They haven't even picked up a stone yet to build anything, but he is excited and celebrating because the work is about to begin. And so it's sort of a disproportionate sort of exaltation. But the thing is, and this, this is a really good thing to remember, is that God is great not just because nothing is too big. God is great because nothing is too small. So let's not be those people who say they'll give more when they make more. Let's not be those people who say they'll serve more when they have more time. When's that going to happen in our lives? (laughs) Never. Let's not be those people who think they'll be ready to step up when the next big opportunity presents itself, but they aren't taking advantage of little opportunities right here and right now. The sad fact is how you do anything is how you will do everything. We want to do amazing things for God, but that isn't our job. Our job is to consecrate ourselves to God, and then God does amazing things for us. And let me tell you, if you aren't making little sacrifices right now, you're not ready for the big ones. If you aren't taking little risks right now, you aren't ready to step out for the big things God has for you. Little by little, Bad habits are broken. Little by little good habits are built. Little by little dreams become reality. Today, I want us to take some sign. To, some sign? Perhaps that is a sign. Take some time to allow God to be a part of the little things in our life. You know, I think. As Christians, we have a habit of blocking God out of large portions of our life because that, por- that large portion consists of little things that we don't think God can be bothered with. Just a, a, as an example, I used to suffer from hay fever. And I used to, it was um, quite well controlled by antihistamines. But I, I was challenged one day... Uh, to ask God to do something about it. And I didn't bother. It's just a little thing, you know. I take an antihistamine, it goes away. Why would I bother God with something little like that? Until I realised that God is interested in the little things. So I stopped taking antihistamines and started having a really terrible time with hay fever. And I, I used to pray, I used to ride home from uh, Adelaide University to paint uh, through St Peter's and they had all the jacarandas out and the blossoms and my eyes would be streaming, my nose would be running and I'd be riding this push bike through the parklands and I would be praying, saying, Lord, I believe that by your stripes I am healed, I'm going to beat this thing, this is not what you want for my life. And as I prayed, my nose would dry up and my eyes would stop watering and I'd feel really good until I stopped praying and then it all came back again and so I used to pray constantly on the way home and it wasn't until I realised that I'd made it trivial in God's eyes and that I only had faith while I was praying I need to actually start believing that God cares about the little things in my life I don't suffer from hay fever at all today and I, I mean God didn't Bring it as a miracle, God led me to do change things in my life as well, um, which I wouldn't have done without that faith that He could do something. And so I encourage you this morning. We're going to spend a, a bit of time now soaking. I'm going to ask the musicians to play something and whether and let's let's all stand to begin with. If you're at home, I encourage you to stand as well. And I just want you to think about the little things in your life that you haven't given to God. Maybe a a niggling injury. It may be an attitude which you know, you know, you you could change if you wanted to. Ever had any of those? Yeah, I could change that if I wanted to, but you don't want to, so you don't. (laughs) And you know you can. And you know you could give it to God, but you sort of think, well, why bother God about little things? Because God is bothered about those things. So let's just bring those this morning to God. Let him embrace the little things, not just the big ones. Let the Holy Spirit start to work in the small dark corners of your heart. Let him start to work on the the little things that you might be dreaming about. That can turn into bigger things that can actually one day pass- possibly change the world, but have no substance right now.